Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm always so glad when you join me and take some time out of your day just to get some helpful, inspirational, motivational information. You know, it's, it's really about being our own best version and really being who God has originally created us to be. You know, he had this great idea, and that idea was you. And then he created it, and he made it happen. And you just have to know that in all of our striving and mistake-making and floundering and the embarrassing things we do, the sinful things we do, God has never changed his mind about his people. He loves you, and he's very committed to you. And so last week we talked all about trust and the importance of trust and what it means to be a trustworthy person, what it means to trust yourself, to trust others, to trust God. And so that's a great platform for this week's show. And we are going to talk so much this week about this idea of stop playing it safe. Stop being so cautious. And I don't mean don't be responsible. I truly want us to be responsible people, but I want us to take healthy risks. This is how we change the world. This is how we really, truly impact the world that we live in, whether it be the world in its entirety or the world that we interact with. We need to be able to take risks. We need to have adventure. We need to challenge ourselves. And we need to know how to do them responsibly. And and how to do them in a way that, that truly causes us to learn, even if the risk fails. So I love these two verses. In the, in, this is Matthew chapter 25, verses 26 through 30. And this is out of the Message Bible. And it says, the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best... Why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little bit of interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. I mean, that's, that's powerful. It's kind of scary. Because there's a part of us that wants to say, you know, the more responsible I am, maybe God will be more proud of me because I won't make big mistakes. But what do we know about the heart of God? He's a no-holds-bar God. He does not hold back. He risks big. We're his greatest risk. This whole creation process was a huge risk for him. And not only was it a risk, but he took a second risk when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. He could have scrapped the whole program at that point. 
But he got back in the game, and he took more risk with us. Taking risks with God. You see, you only have one life. You need to live it well. Not recklessly, with abandon, but living it well with intention, courage, and passion. See, God is saying, be willing to make mistakes. I can handle them. I have provision for every mistake you make. I am the God of all. I have the resources you don't even know I have. I can create new resources if, if it's needed. You must take risks. Make mistakes. You have to take risks and make mistakes in order to truly be human. You must do it so that you can be all that God created you to be. He's telling us, he says, you must push, you must strain, you must stretch, and then rest from your striving. So you have no idea how beautifully and wonderfully I have made you. This is what God says to you. You have no idea how wonderfully and beautifully I've made you. And then he says, please come discover you with me. I love that. He says, discover who you are with me. Because I know who you are and I know the way. I know the design. See, here's the thing. I wish this wasn't true, but this is true. Humans need to make mistakes as one of the primary ways to learn. I wish there was another way. Certainly we can read books, we can watch other people, we can look through history, and we can glean information as to, you know, I, I think that's already been tried, I'm not going to try it. But when it comes to our own lives, when it comes to being who God has truly created us to be, you have to remember, you're a one-time, only-occurring human. There's never going to be one like you, there's never been one like you before. So there are certain things in general that I can learn and glean by information or watching other people or hearing their stories. But there's still a part that is me, that is the discovery part. And I'm still discovering Cynthia. I know myself better than I ever have, but there's still more to know. And one of the best ways I learn who I am is by making mistakes. I mean, seriously, nobody likes to shock themselves. I don't like to shock myself, unless it's good, right? The things, the memories that need to be resolved, these are the ones that have energy. It's that sinking feeling I get when I remember it, or that rush of adrenaline, and I close my eyes and sigh. Those past issues, even though they truly are the past, and God says, hey, they're the past, if they're energized with feelings of failure, I'm going to have to rework them so that that failure, instead of it giving me that sinking feeling, that taking away energy from me, causing me to be a little bit more skittish, a little bit more trepidatious, a little bit more, you know, holding back, not wanting to take risks. That's the stuff that has to be healed. This, this is the, these are the things that get in our way. We need to be able to rework that story as if you were reading someone else's story. Think of all the stories in the Bible. I read all these stories in the Bible, and I love them, and I don't think badly about these people. I think they're amazingly creative and 
horribly courageous. They're very motivating. But somehow when it's my story, I can be ashamed. I can be embarrassed. Instead, I need to say, what would it be like if somebody read my story? How would they feel? And in general, it's positive because it's human. And so God knows I'm going to do some stupid stuff. He knows I'm going to do some things that I'm going to feel like are unforgivable. I'm going to do some things that are costly, maybe even gross, things that are, that, that are not becoming to me or who God is, has intended for me to be. This doesn't mean that as we look at this behavior or incident objectively with forgiveness, it doesn't mean we're taking away the importance of the offense or the mistake. The forgiveness piece removes a lot of the shame so that I can actually objectively look at it and learn from it. Because we want to realize that our behaviors are not always indicative of who we are. There's a lot of things that we may do because there's a certain set of circumstances or we're caught in a certain moment or we're tired or hungry or angry or weary or hurt or somebody has trespassed against us and we might do something that really doesn't match who we truly are because we want to have the behaviors that we do reinforce and indicate who we truly are. This is who Jesus is. I mean, he was God in human form. So every behavior, every word, every gesture, every decision was an exact expression of who he was authentically. So that's the goal. None of us have attained it. None of us ever will. This is why Philippians 1.6 is so important. That's the, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That means it's never finished until I die or Jesus comes back. So it means that we must resolve, we must let it die and not let there be these live memories of our past. We need to let the, the past, the past mistakes, the foibles, the sins, the whatever it is that we did, we need to let those be stepping stones to the future God has for us not impediments, not rocks that we carry on our back all the time. They need to be stepping stones. They need to be beneath me and, and in back of me, not in front of me, taunting me. This is extremely important. And we've talked on this show before about resolving the past. But when it comes to truly being your own best version, and being willing to take healthy risks, you have to get over your past. Or you will limit yourself. <clears throat> so this also applies to successes. Just as I cannot continue to live in the shame and embarrassment of my past behaviors, I must not live in my past successes. See, this means what I'm taking with me into every new year, into every new moment, into my future our lessons. We want to be wise people that learn, not fools that continue to repeat their folly. 
See, shame will cause me to continue to repeat past sins and mistakes and then perform new ones. This is why God wants that, that, that toxic shame. He wants to release us from that. He wants no part of toxic shame because it keeps people in bondage and isolated from getting help. Because the only way to heal from shame of the past is exposure, unfortunately. I mean, I wish that I could heal from all of my past mistakes just by myself. But this is where God says, you know, come let us reason together. He wants to talk about them. He also knows that because you're human, you have to do it with another human. You have to find a safe human that you can say, I have to say this out loud. I have to know that somebody else knows. I have to get it in the past where it belongs, not a burden I'm carrying with me into every single interaction I have with people. You see, when I confess my sin to another and I am loved and prayed for, I am then healed. That's how humans are hardwired. So it's not just enough to confess it to God. You have to find a safe person. If it's a burden that is constantly in the forefront of your mind or keeps talking to you, keeps reminding you of what you've done, if it's a foothold that the enemy has that he can keep taunting you and accusing you about whatever that past is, that's going to indicate that you probably need to bear your burden to another person. And if that feels too insurmountable, then I would really recommend you journal about it. Write it to yourself. Write letters to yourself. Anything you can do to get it out so that you get some perspective on it, so you can see it more clearly, and then have more courage when the opportunity comes or if you make an opportunity come, to be able to talk about it. So what we know about the past is that we are to remember, we only remember to be able to learn. We never use hindsight for self-abuse. It's, it's only intended to see where we were as it's related to where we're going. It's a learning issue. And that's mammals, that's humans, that's how they learn. And so we need our memories to remind us of either, quote unquote, who we are or who we are not. So there are things in my past that I can look back on those. And thankfully, there's no energy in them at all. I can look back at it and say, wow, that, that was not me. What a series of events and hurts and obstacles and weariness and fear. Wow, that caused me to be someone I'm not. And so that doesn't mean I rationalize it. It means I take responsibility for how I got in that situation and where it subsequently led me to some very bad decisions. But I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And I'm not going to punish myself or shame myself simply because I'm a human that needs to learn. So remember, we need our memories to remind us of who we are and who we're not. Think of someone that, that has amnesia or dementia or Alzheimer's. And, and many times the relationship with them is not even possible because they don't know who they are. 
So it's important to know who you are, the good, bad, and the ugly, and to be able to discern between the good, the bad, and the ugly what's authentically you. See, we know that when we're reviewing our past, we need to follow God's ways and to resist judgment and condemnation because we know that God says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean he makes a bad thing a good thing. It doesn't mean that he changes the rules. He simply says, I'm not condemning you for this. You belong to me, and I want you to learn from it. I want you to learn who you are. So you take it and you learn. The same way that anybody that, that is creating new things, new machines, new ways of, uh, you know, when we have healthcare providers and we have brilliant doctors and surgeons that come up with new ways to heal people, there's always a series of failures until they get it right. Now, those are not as shameful as some of the personal failures you and I may have. But we don't want the enemy to steal those from us so that we don't learn from them what we need to learn. You see, Jesus, he paid the price for our ability to learn and grow without being in debt. I want you to think about that for a minute. The death of Christ and the resurrection, the payment for our sins, this gave us the ability to learn and to grow without having to pay for that learning process. The only time we pay for a learning process when it comes to our, ourselves uh, psychosocially and, and emotionally and intellectually and all of that, the payment is simply in our own pain. But we don't actually have to pay the price for that mistake and that sin for eternity. Jesus paid that price. There may be some concrete things that we have to do to make amends down here. But you know the most beautiful thing about that? If we're willing to do it, God will always make it possible for us to pay whatever we need to pay. I've seen this over and over and over again with people that have made terrible mistakes, had terrible laps of judgment, and have had to return money, have had to face the fact that somebody may have lost their life. And God has always made a way for them to have the resources they need to get back to where they need to be. And the beautiful thing is we don't have to pay for eternity for this learning process. See, it's similar to your parents paying for car insurance while you're learning to drive. You're allowed to make mistakes because there's no other way to learn. And God is aware of this and he's made provision for it. See, I'm always comforted by the fact that God has made, he has provided for all of my mistakes. He's also provided for all my successes. So I have to evaluate the past based on facts. Did that work for me? Do I want to repeat it? Do I want to integrate that behavior into my being? And if not, I use it as a reference point to tell me not to do this. I know it doesn't work, and so I can check it off the list. It's similar to driving in whatever city you live in. If you've already learned that a particular road is a dead end, why do you keep going down it? It should only take one time, right? Well, unfortunately, some of us humans have to learn it more than one time. 
to really integrate that learning process. But God has made provision for this. He allows us to learn. So if it's a repetitive issue that I keep doing, then the learning process is finding out what causes the repetition or the bondage to that particular behavior or cycle. See, Satan wants me to get so caught up in how egregious the behavior is. I'm so condemned and ashamed to do any healthy problem solving. And God knows. We must know. God knows, and we do. Sin is not logical. It never is. That's why it's so embarrassing. So part of it is acceptance. I accept the fact that I'm human. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to make decisions that are not always in my best interest or in the best interest of others. And I may have to fix some things. And so last week we talked all about trust. Being a trustworthy person does not mean being a perfect person. So I want you to really think about this idea of stop playing it so safe. See, the more mistakes that we may accrue in our life, and and the longer you live, the more you will have. The enemy wants to use those mistakes to cause us to try to be less than who God has intended for us to be. That we lose our confidence. We lose our confidence in ourselves. We lose our confidence in our abilities, maybe in our intelligence, maybe in our talents. Maybe we hear the condemnation from the enemy that, hey, you know, you, you, I don't know who you thought you were, but you're not that guy. You need to know that's not from the Lord. But it's tough. It's hard to not fall into condemnation and to keep putting yourself out there and to keep trying. And the reason I'm really encouraging this today is because you only get one life. I want you to take advantage of it. I want you to live it. Mistakes are no mistakes. And what I have found in my life, the less worried I am about what people think, the less worried I am about making mistakes, the better people think of me and the less mistakes I make. See, when I'm so worried about making mistakes, I have a tendency to be really tightly wired and uptight, and I will make more mistakes. The more flexible I am, the less mistakes I make. The more accepting of myself I am, the more I live at peace with myself, the more I recognize that I'm in a fallen body. And I can do the best I can, but I am going to make mistakes. And that I'm very willing to take responsibility for them and fix them in any way I can. That causes me to be able to trust me. The more I can trust me, the more confidence and courage I have to take healthy risks. So as we're coming kind of to the end of today, I really hope this has been inspiring to you. I just want you to not be so worried about who you are and to trust who God made you to be and that he's so happy that he made you and he enjoys you even in spite of the mistakes and the sin that you battle. And tomorrow we're going to talk a lot about potential. And as we really resist playing it unnecessarily safe, we begin to unleash potential. We begin to recognize how much potential we have inside of ourselves and what to do with it. So thank you again for listening to 
Conversations with Cynthia. I hope you have a blessed day. And I really look forward to talking to you tomorrow about your potential. Check out the website, CynthiaHyatt.com. Make sure you send the shows to your friends. God bless you in your day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.